Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I moved into my home in 1994. My house is an old Victorian built in the 1870s or 1880s. I fell in love with it when I saw it. The day that my realtor and I stepped in to this house, we both felt a sense of being watched. And the house itself had a very gloomy feel. Sort of sad and dark and heavy and old. I bought the house knowing that there was probably a ghost. But what I didn't know is that the house was filled with ghosts. The first haunting experience occurred about a week after we moved in. I started waking up at weird times at night. I would wake up at 1.11 or 2.22 or 3.33. I woke up at 1.11 and I heard a woman's voice. And I was trying to figure out what I was hearing. It was indecipherable and it was really loud. I was so scared I couldn't even make a noise. And the voice stopped. Then I heard this loud pounding in the walls. It was bouncing around the room. And that made it scarier because you didn't know where to go or where it was coming from. And then I'm like, I have to get up and run out of the house. And as soon as I set up, the pounding stopped. <laughs> This is Blaine Duncan, director of The Paranormal Diaries, a documentary film, and you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and Brit is currently away, and it is Monday, January 20th, 2020, episode 219. How is everyone out there around the world doing? And man, glad to be back in the hot seat, guys. Oh yeah. And as far as announcements are concerned, you know, things are going smooth. Uh, there's going to be a new show uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, of Aaron's Horror Show. He's going to be reading some more of his uh, fantasy book, Orion. Another chapter is going to be put out. It's getting pretty interesting. If you haven't checked it out, you know, have a listen. And as far as Wednesday, Terry's going to be gone yet again, and we made that announcement last week. It looks like uh, some storms came through his place, and a tree fell over, and I'm not sure how large the tree was, but there was some damage, and unfortunately, uh, the neighbor's uh, property was damaged as well, so I guess, uh, you know, the homeowner's insurance is kicking in, and so he has to deal with that, so... Yeah, this Wednesday there will not be a new Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas. But Terry, if you're listening, 
you know, take your time, always take care of yourself, and hopefully everything's a-okay. And yeah, guys, no one was hurt, so that's good. And Brett, if you're listening, I have grapes in the fridge. You're missing out, man. <laughs> but yeah, wherever you're at, I hope you, uh, you're doing okay and enjoy yourself. But other than that, yeah, there's not much else. Uh, it's getting cold over here, warming up uh, during this week, but then I think we're going to be hit again over the weekend, next weekend. Not knowing how much we're going to get, but yeah, it's going to get cold again. So winter has finally come, and hopefully it doesn't stay for too much longer. So with that, you know what? Let's just get right down to it. We're doing some ghost stories. And that reminds me, uh, you know, we average right around 100 to 165 emails per day. It's mainly junk mail. Uh, you know, other businesses trying to sell us RPA, their services, right? And, of course, you guys are sending in your stories. Uh, there's people that want to be on the show, so we have to make appointments. We have to communicate back and forth. But we still have to go through all that email. And so you guys have been waiting to get on the show. We do apologize. Uh, we are getting back slowly to you guys. We're just trying to weed through all the emails. And it's piling up a little bit. But, you know, we'll get with you. So just hang tight if you're trying to get on the show, if you're an author or your group of investigators will get to you. And so with that, yeah, let's just get right into the show with listener stories. And you know what that means. Oh, yeah, man, come on. Say it with me, say it with me. That's right. To the story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. And it is toasty in here. The fires are going. And you guys know the deal. Over there in the corner, grab a beanbag and find an empty spot on the floor. And as always, get behind my desk here. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I have my eye on a new chair. Yeah, I'm finally going to get around to it, I think. <laughs> it's about time I get a new chair. And Britt has already made a packet for us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Short ones. Got some more short ones. Oh, we got a long one. All right. Well, very good. I'll take a sip of my green tea before we begin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah so good when it hits the lips i tell you guys all right let's see what we got here the first one this one is by taurus and it's titled spirit noises okay taurus let's see what you got man this experience occurred in dell city oklahoma in the two-story house on chetwood street in the hartsdale edition i was 11 years old when this took place and since have moved on in a way One evening, I was away with my half-sister and her father attending a church get-together when I returned home around nine in the evening. I walked through the garage door to find my stepdad waiting for me. He told me he had to meet the paramedics at the hospital my mom had been admitted to. I had no time to ask questions as he had already run out and left. So I walked around and locked all the doors and turned the TV on to try and settle my nerves from worry about my mother. My stepdad calls and informs me she had been admitted to a psych ward due to a mental breakdown over grieving over my uncle's passing the year before. She had told my dad she was in her room and she saw an evil face hovering in the corner of her room and she shot at it, resulting in my stepdad calling 911. While I'm sitting there, I feel and hear this loud rumble against the wall which connects the living room and garage. Then, the noises started. It literally sounded like tools, glasses, pots and pans, boxes being thrown around and against the cement floor. I could hear our deep freezer's door being slammed shut as well. 
I mustered up enough courage to turn the lights on and hid behind the TV stand. I was terrified because I was alone and it was dark outside, so I couldn't see through the windows of the house. The noises went on for about 20 minutes or more, then just as suddenly as it started, it stopped, leaving the house in almost complete silence. I stood up and walked towards the fireplace and picked out a poker with the pointed tip and slowly made my way to the garage door that leads into the house. I quickly turned the handle, swung open the door and turned the lights on. And to my astonishment, nothing had been touched or disturbed. It was exactly how my stepdad had left it. I was so surprised and relieved at that time I couldn't go to sleep, so I waited up until he returned home. I told him what had happened. And, of course, he didn't believe me. And that's from Taurus. <laughs> oh, man, Taurus. Love the story. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you know, what do you expect your stepdad to, to think? Um, yeah, we get that a lot. Uh, we get a lot of uh, kitchen noises. Uh, stories, on, you know, people are sleeping. Uh, they usually have moved into the residence, uh, either it's apartment or a house. And they get woken up in the middle of the night with all kinds of dishes and, you know, kitchen cabinet doors slamming. They hear all this and then they go into the kitchen. All of a sudden, all the noises stop and everything's fine. You know, no dishes on the floor, no kitchen cabinet doors open. It's the weirdest thing. And, yeah, as I was reading this, I was thinking to myself, well, okay, this noise is going on in your garage and you say it's 20 minutes or more. That's a long time. Uh, I would have called 911. But then again, you stated you're 11 years old. So, yeah, I get it. Um, even if you were an adult, you'd probably be, yeah, you'd probably be pretty damn scared too. <laughs> but you're 11 years old, so, you know, you went and hid and just uh, waited it out. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, my question would be, you know, did you ask your stepdad about any odd things around that place? And it's also odd that... Um, what is it? Your mom thought she saw a, a face of some sort hovering in her room, and then she shot at it <laughs> with a gun, and that's when your dad called 911. And now she's been admitted into a psych ward. There's a correlation there, right? Yeah, interesting story, man. I, I feel it. I, I feel you. Uh, no one's going to believe it. No one was there. It's only you. I'm just glad everything's okay and it wasn't intruders. You know, it could have turned out even worse. But, yeah, Taurus. Thank you very much for sharing that. All right. Yeah, you know, I can feel uh, you guys out there that have experienced some things, and no one's with you, and then you decide to tell somebody. And that's what, you know, that's you new guys, you old-timers, you already know this, but you new guys who are listening to these stories and just found RPA, um, we get a lot of stories from people that, you know, some of these things have happened in their earlier years or even recently, but they say in the story that this is the first time they told anybody in this case, they trust us because we're not going to use a real name. It's a safe environment. And, you know, they didn't want to tell anybody because, you know, they probably think they're crazy. <laughs> so I don't blame you guys. All right. What do we got next? What do we got here? This one is by Mary, and it's titled Playmate. Okay, Mary. Let's see what you got, man. My daughter was three, almost four years old at the time. We lived in an apartment complex that consisted of townhomes and duplexes. We lived in a duplex without any neighbors for six months after we moved in. 
One evening around 8.30, my husband, three boys, and I all sat in the living room watching a program on TV. My daughter had fallen asleep on my lap. As usual, she was the first to fall asleep. She and my oldest son shared a room because they weren't too fond of sleeping by themselves. I'd carefully pick her up and take her to bed and head back for the living room. No more than 10 minutes later, she comes running out full speed, all the while looking behind her as though someone is chasing her, her face pale as a ghost. She runs to me and jumps on my lap. Now, me, knowing this look, I asked her what was wrong. She tells me a girl was in the room and she wanted to play. I asked her what did she do. She says to me, Mama, she started jumping on the bed and woke me up and she said she wanted to play. I told her, no, I'm tired. So I carefully asked her what did she look like. She responds she was white and had short red curly hair and had a white dress on. This spooked me and my husband and our boys. So I get up and walk into the room expecting to see a ghost girl standing there. I turn the light on and nothing, just a, a chill in the room. I asked her to come here and look. She says, Mama, she was right there. I said, I know. After this, she started to sleep with me and talking in her sleep. She refused to play alone in any of the rooms without one of her brothers with her. Thank you for reading. Love the podcast. And that's from Mary. Mary, thank you very much for uh, sharing that. Loved it. Yeah, I'll say it again. Kids are spooky. <laughs> you never know what they're thinking. Uh, I take it she's never, ever done this before, huh? Yeah. That's always curious when kids just start doing this sort of thing. You never know. Again, it could just be imagination, but but yeah, she refuses to play by herself without one of her brothers being with her in any of the rooms. So it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like she was playing by herself already before this happened. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Thank you again for sharing. All right, what's next? This one is by Sister, and it's titled The Coast. Okay, Sister. Let's see what you got, man. Many of summer's holidays of my childhood were spent at the seaside resort towns of the Hibiscus Coast. When my father retired in 1992, my parents bought a cottage at one of these pretty coastal villages to escape the crime and congestion of the city. With us, their three teenage children. Easter, Christmas, and New Year's would draw many tourists to the sleepy seaside settlements of the south coast. And within days, hotels, caravan parks, and camping grounds would be filled with holiday makers keen to pursue outdoor activities. Unfortunately, visiting a place and actually living there all year round can be very different, a lesson that we had to learn the hard way. When the summer season drew to a close, the tourists would load up their cars and trailers and return to the cities. The town would become vacant overnight. The strong northeasterly wind would blow leaving stinging bluebottles and jellyfish on the beaches and the windswept coast with its rugged coastline and harsh vegetation would, would draw back into isolation. Our house, fittingly named Hideaway by previous owners, lay nestled at the bottom of a green valley, which meant for cold winters and mosquito-infested summers. 
Originally intended to be a holiday home, it was a single-story dwelling built in the early 70s and had the appearance of being slapped together in a hurry on a shoestring budget of materials, revealed by its poor plasterwork, stable doors, and steel wire mesh for our burglar guards. Nevertheless, my parents felt it possessed a rustic charm and fell in love with the garden beautifully decorated with an assortment array of fruit trees, orchids, and vegetables. What was not so charming was the surrounding wild banana and sugarcane plantations, characteristic of Kawazulu, teeming with cane rats, spiders, and deadly snakes. From the day that we moved in, the strange noises began. We were sitting in the lounge having a rest from a long day of unpacking and moving heavy furniture when we first heard the loud thumping in the ceiling. Like someone banging violently on the woodboard with their fist. It resonated from one side of the lounge to the other. We sat in shocked silence, looking up, listening, then exchanging horrified glances. My dad relieved the tension by suggesting it was likely just an iguana living in the ceiling. The thumps, bangs, and scratches, often accompanied by sweeping sounds, would occur randomly throughout our five-year residence, waking us up in the early hours of the morning. My room, an obvious later addition to the house, was constructed from cinder blocks, not bricks. Sometime between switching off my bedside lamp and falling asleep, I would often hear tapping on my bedroom window. It sounded like little pebbles being tossed up against the glass. Every so often upon pulling back the curtains to investigate, I would see nothing but the pitch black of the night outside. One evening, while home alone, something disturbing happened. I was sitting up late watching TV around 11 p.m., when I noticed the kitchen door handle turn downwards and the door swung open. Sitting directly opposite the door, only about three meters away, I was faced with nothing but the silhouette of the backyard mulberry tree in the moonlight. The night was breezy, though. Although the security gate was locked, I didn't feel reassured. Had it been a would-be intruder? The German shepherd next door surely would have barked his head off. And nothing, just silence. I felt as though a million eyes were on me, and I slammed the door, locked it, turned on all the lights, and the sound on the TV up. My parents returned home hours later. Before this, my older sister had often complained that she got the feeling of being chased when following the garden path down to the kitchen door when coming home late at night. I got this feeling even in the daytime. Shortly before our house was sold in 1996, the thumping in the ceiling became louder and more aggressive. Around this time, the water heater in my parents' bathroom stopped working. It also happened to be the only room with a trap door to the ceiling. My sister's husband, an electrician, came to repair the heater, and he had to access the roof to fix it. Knowing he was an avid reptile collector, we, being so desperate to rid the house of this menace, asked him to catch the iguana at the same time. After fixing the heater, he came down from the ladder and didn't look impressed. He remarked that the ceiling was cleaner than the house, and there was no lizard or rats or animal droppings for that matter. The noises still continued the following night. It was only after we left that we finally admitted to ourselves that something wasn't right about that cottage or its gardens. 
My mom even confessed to me that she had seen the ghost of a woman dressed as a maid coming hurriedly down the garden pathway one bright and sunny morning. The woman initially appeared solid and then faded the closer she got to the house. Years later, I came to know a little about the area's history. One of my former work colleagues had grown up in the township not far away. Local legend has it that the area was occupied by a tribe of cannibals and that Zulus walking along the beach and passing would see strange glowing lights from the hills. Not only were the tribe cannibals, but reputed to use human body parts for witchcraft. The name of the village directly translates into Bad Village, a name given by the fearless warrior Shaka Zulu himself. Through his reign, the village saw much bloodshed, and he succeeded in almost completely wiping out the tribe 200 years ago. The small stretch of road that runs through the town is also notorious for horrific road accidents. This has always puzzled us, as it is seemingly a flat, straight stretch of road. Last year, I took my dad on a drive down the Hibiscus Coast to relive our happy memories there one last time. My dad is in ailing health. My mom have already passed on, and my siblings living their own lives. We were sad to see how forgotten the village had become, its tourism ruined from the highway that now bypasses it. Our little house, too, seemed neglected and its gardens overgrown, standing empty and up for sale. Hideaway would always hold a special place in my heart as it was the last home we had all lived together as a family. I could never be sure if it really had a restless spirit or whether we shared our home with unseen creatures. But the bittersweet memories still haunt me in many ways. And that was from Sister Sister. Great story. Loved it. Uh, you're in Africa somewhere, huh? Yeah. Nicely written, too. Yeah, it's a great story. Um, yeah, you know, it could be a combination of, you know, critters. But I like the part about uh, one evening you were up late and you saw the door handle turn and the door opened. It was breezy, but, yeah, if you didn't see that door handle turn, I would say, yeah, it wasn't latched all the way uh, because it was breezy outside. But, yeah, you know, that would have creeped me out. Of course, years later, your mom admits that she saw, um, you know, in broad daylight, uh, this lady dressed as a maid coming down through the garden and disappears slowly as she reaches the house. And, of course, your uh, your sister admits that she feels like she's being chased as she's coming home through the, was that, the garden path? And you admit yourself that you feel the same way. Yeah, interesting stuff. Um, but, yeah, I don't see how you guys can put up, you guys live there for, what, five years, I think you said? And throughout those five years, you keep on hearing those bangs and um, whatever else up, up in the roof. <laughs> from time to time but yeah it is curious that uh if it is animals uh normally they're going to leave some sign of you know occupancy up there you know droppings whatever else they're eating you know something but it looks like um your sister's uh, husband who went up there to fix the heater he said it was clean cleaner than your own house <laughs> so yeah it's odd but yeah great story yeah it's sad to go back to your old uh old memories and seeing your place um uh, you know, de decrepit, falling apart. But 
Sounds like he still enjoyed that place. Yeah, sister. Uh, thank you very much uh, for sharing that. And what do we got next? Yeah, South Africa. Hmm. I always wanted to visit. Well, I'm not sure if it's South Africa, but I'm... Uh, she says the southern coast, I thought. So I always wanted to visit Africa. I don't know. I'll probably get uh, bitten by a mosquito and then die of some some disease. <laughs> That's just my luck, right? All right, what do we got next? Okay, this one is by Mom, and it's titled Knocking on My Front Door. Okay, Mom. Let's see what you got, man. We moved into a very cool, older 60s Spanish-style house on a mountainside in June. We are running from the son of the original owner who passed away in assisted living. The house is beautiful and at one time was very well manicured on the outside as well. After being a rental for a number of years, the yard had been pretty neglected. I knew from the moment I saw the house that we would live there. I had dreams about it after seeing it. So, our very first night there, I was upstairs and my husband in the basement and I heard four faint but distinct knocks on the front door. I called for my husband to come see who it might be. And no one was there. He proceeded back down the stairs, and not but a few minutes later, four more knocks, but a little louder, not pounding, just more pronounced. He came back up with wide eyes, and again, no one there. After we both went to the basement to settle in for a movie, the old iron bell at our entryway rang once. We have kids and didn't want to freak them out, and so we didn't tell them about our first night. A few weeks later, while the kids were in the basement and my husband and I were out front, my daughter opened the door and asked why we were knocking. A few weeks had passed with no knocking. Then Saturday night as we lay down to bed around 12.30, we hear four single knocks evenly spaced and followed by four together. My husband got up with a handgun to secure the house. Again, nothing. Then one morning, around 3.30, my husband was awoken by the same knocking on the front door. Again, nothing. Finally, I entered the front foyer and spoke out loud. We heard you and know that you are here, but you are not welcome inside. We promise to love this home. We are good people. I did something similar elsewhere in the house. I feel as though the sweet old woman who lived here for so many years and loved her home so much has come back to find peace in a familiar place. And that's for mom. Mom, thank you very much for sharing that. Short and sweet. A Spanish-style home on a mountainside. That does sound like a cool home. Yeah, knocking. I'm going to make the assume that... Uh, or make the assume, make the assumption... Uh, this last statement where you went, you know, to the front foyer, just said out loud, hey, we're good people, we know you're here, you're not welcome. And after that, uh, I guess it stopped, right? Yeah, a lot of people who say these things after they're being, you know, not really harassed. I, I don't know if this is harassment or not, just uh, it could be residual, you know, something that happens over and over again at certain times. Uh, just knocking on the front door. <laughs> And ringing of the bell. And yeah, you say a, a few weeks go by sometimes. And sounds like 
early morning hours. Yeah, I nothing much more though. Yeah, it's a you know it's a good story. This isn't uncommon. There's again we get we've had a lot of stories in the past that come in with, yeah, you know knocking bangs, knocking on front doors, doors opening, slamming, that sort of thing. It's your normal stuff, man. Yeah, mom, thank you very much for sharing. And that's the last story, guys, in the packet that uh, Brett gave us. And so, as always, you know, thank you very much for coming to listen to RPA and listen to the stories. And if you guys uh, want to keep on, you know, sending your stories in, feel free. That's what we're here about. So if you have a real paranormal experience you want to share to the world, send it to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com. And we'll get to it, and I'll read it on a future episode. And with that, guys, don't forget, tomorrow is uh, Tuesday with Aaron's Horror Show. And this Wednesday, again, Terry's going to be gone due to that... um, that big tree that fell over did some damage so he's uh doing battle with homeowners insurance i think but uh so far he thinks he's going to be back uh, next week so we'll see you then terry and also just want to thank all the uh premium members here at rpa thank you very much it's uh it's very very uh nice of you to join up and the uh the funds helps rpa uh, pay the bills if you guys are wondering what you get for being a premium member you get all the past rpa episodes uh, such as bonus episodes listener story episodes interviews we even have a little bit over 30 audiobooks on folklore from countries from around the world and it's just packed with hours and hours and hours and hours of content and it's three dollars and 99 cents a month and you can cancel anytime or, you know, just sign up for one month. Go ahead and binge listen. You know, cancel. Whatever you need to do. But, yeah, those funds help us uh, pay the bills. And we even had the uh, apps built for you using those funds. So we reinvest uh, into RPA. So thank you very much. And how you become a premium member, you can go to the website, realparanormalactivity.com. And big old button there. Get premium membership. Sign up through there. Or if you have the free RPA app, you can sign up through there as well. Or if you are a member, log in through the RPA app. Yeah, the RPA app is fully functional and it's free. So go ahead and do a search and download it today. And as you guys well know, we're on all the major audio streaming platforms such as Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc., etc. So if you're at work and you use one of those to listen to your music, go ahead and do a search for us and add us to your favorites and you can get your spook on at work as well. And so with that, guys, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Brett and is also made possible by LaFosse Corporation and As always, thank you and good night. Yeah. <laughs>